From the Podcast Detroit studios and Zoom everywhere else, the making of champions. Professional boxers inspiring amateur athletes to become champions. Presented by Joe Lewis, champion of them all, bourbon and bigger than life entertainment. In association with USA Boxing, Golden Gloves of America, the producers of MAC Boxing, Making a Champion Series, and BigFightWeekend.com. Join your hosts, Tanya Cole and Marquise Johns, with special guests from around the world of amateur and pro boxing, celebrating the legacy of Joe Lewis, whose status as the first African-American national hero showed the importance of being a leader and a role model inside and outside of the ring. Welcome to uh, the Making of Champions. Uh, tonight we have with us Marquise Johns from Big Fight Weekend. Marquise, Hi. who do we have with us tonight? Hi, Tanya. Hey, today on the show we have an undefeated uh, super lightweight prospect. He is 19-0 with 11 wins by way of knockout. He is currently uh, scheduled to face Serial Matias on October 10th on Showtime Championship Boxing in the Mohegan Sun Fight Spear up in Connecticut. We are joined by Malik Hawkins. Iceman, how are you doing today, sir? What's going on? Pretty good, man. Hey, first things first, before we talk about your fight with Matias, let me walk, walk me back with your last fight you had last December against uh, Darwin Price at the uh, State Farm Center in Atlanta on the uh, Showtime undercard of uh, Javante Davis and Yokas Gamboa. Uh, how do you feel about that fight that you had going into it? Uh, I just felt I just felt as though I was more anxious, you know, than anything. You know, I was fighting on a, a big card, you know, fighting in front of all my, my fans and everything like that. And um, I really just wanted to go in there, you know, put on a, a you know, a, a real good performance. I would say this is Price's best round, right? Wouldn't you agree? He's looking exceptional, but back comes Whoa. a right hand for Hawkins. He has Price stunned. That big shot landed, and Price might be in trouble. And you said... Do you think Hawkins is looking for the one shot? Well, he landed the one shot. But as you know, as the fight was going on, I kind of felt like I was I was uh, I was getting away from my game plan for real. But once I really I really settled down, you know, and, and really started listening to my corner, the game plan fell in you know it fell in place. Absolutely. Very good right hand that was set up from the jab, and now the legs. Oh my! A little bit of leg injury. Price is getting teed off on by Malik Hawkins. It looks like Price has a leg injury, but Hawkins is taking control and is swarming Hawkins. Why is swarming Price? Why isn't Price holding? Price with his back on the ropes. Why did the referee break them? And he's saying there's a leg injury. Time is being called. Price can move. We saw this with Korobov. We actually want to be back on actually the atmosphere about that, Tanya. And I think because you weren't there, but I was there with it. And there was a solid, uh, once the main event showed up, about solid 13,000 folks at the State Farm Center for this fight. It was a lot of people there. And uh, it's funny because uh, usually you don't, you don't look at that uh, in terms of atmosphere-wise. When you see crowds like uh, that big in fights that you're not used to seeing, especially when you're seeing fight cars that uh, – I've been in fight cars where there's been 20 people. There's been a custodian in the background just mopping up. And this one had 13,000 folks. So explain to me the, the, your nervousness about that and how, did you, how do you – anticipated uh to be honest i wasn't really nervous i was just you know more anxious because you know i had everybody from my hometown there and everything like that but as far as nervousness as far as being nervous i wasn't nervous you know this, gotcha all my all my coaches you know they they, they built this for this yeah but well, you said about this upcoming fight 
You said now without the audience, all you're going to hear are the punches. How do you think that that is going to affect yeah. this upcoming fight of yours? I mean, I, I, it's really not. To be honest, I look at this upcoming fight. It's kind of going to is it's going to be live, but it's going to feel like a live uh, a live spawn match for real. Mm -hmm. Okay. In fact, what this fight upcoming uh, gets Matias, before you have this fight coming up, you, you were scheduled back in February to face uh, Keith Hunter, but you had to pull out because of injury. Uh, just walk mm -hmm. it back. Is that, fight, is that a fight that's going to be uh, possibly happen coming down the line by chance? Uh, yeah, I definitely, you know, I, I, I can see the fight happening, but it's going to happen, you know, on my own terms and everything like that because he's not ranked higher than me. He doesn't have a belt. He doesn't have anything that I need. If anything, he, he's begging to fight me. Ah, so I'm, okay. you know what I'm saying? So there's no need for me to fight him right now. I fight for, for money or ranking or gotcha. if you got a belt. I think we need to go to a, a quick break and then we'll find out what he's going to fight for when we come back. Now we're back. Marquise, can you set the stage for us for this upcoming fight? Absolutely. Uh, Malik is facing Serial Matias. Uh, people know Matias for one of two things. I personally know him because uh, there's a YouTube video of him knocking out Britis Prescott that was impressive. Temporal. Muy fuerte, muy fuerte. con un opercito corto. Oh, ¿qué pasó ahí? cuerpo y es caída. Secondly, he was also known as the man who faced Maximum Dadashev in his last fight when the unfortunate mm -hmm. events of that happening going on. Uh, set the stage for me, Malik. Uh, going into this fight, uh, you're not a toe-to-toe -to -toe guy like Dadashev, so I'm guessing you're not going to be doing anything along those lines uh, facing Matias. Uh, I, I, can, I can do that, but one thing I was always taught is if I stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with somebody and I can risk, you know, being hurt for a couple, couple weeks or months and everything like that, I need to be going to the bank afterwards. Yeah. So that's one thing. I, I mean, I can bang if I need to, and I can box if I need to. But in this fight, I feel as I feel as I'm just I'm gonna just need to be sharp, you know, be precise and be and be uh, smart defensive wise too. Marquise, can you be a little bit more specific about what happened in that Dadasha fight? Absolutely. Back on uh, July 19th last year, that happened in that fight, uh, the co-main event. Uh, Sergio Matias faced Maxim Dadashev, and the fight was stopped in the 11th round uh, due to uh, uh, pretty much uh, his corner stopping it due to what happened after the fact. What happened afterwards is that he tragically passed away shortly after because of brain damage uh, from too many blows to the head and just taking too much punishment. Obviously, that's something that's unfortunate, and it's really a very sad situation because mm -hmm. it, it doesn't happen on the grand scheme of things and that grand of a scale that often in boxing. It was really a sad event in terms of that. But the one thing about that event that I realized, and it's one thing I wanted to ask you about this, Malik, as well. Does anything like that in your mind ever happen when you think about that in your mind, back of your mind, that this could be the last fight when you step into the ring? 
I mean, yeah, of course. You know, that thought always comes across my mind. But, you know, that's what I grew up doing. So, I mean, it, come, it comes with the territory. You know, some days you're going to be – you're going to feel like you're not supposed – you don't want to do anything. And some days you're going to want to. But that's what we do. I think one thing that Matias said, he says, no one is prepared to die while looking for your dreams and your goals. Mm -hmm. You know, supposedly he has a massive power advantage against you because he has a 100% knockout percentage um, compared to your 61% knockout, um, you know, uh, percentage. How are you prepared for this particular match? Because when he comes into the, the ring, he's prepared to knock you out. I mean, I don't really, I don't really pay attention, you know, to anybody knockout ratio and everything like that. I mean, everybody got, everybody, everybody that's in this sport, they, they got knockouts. Yeah. Everyone, everyone. It don't matter okay. if you just got one or you have twenty. Yeah. Doesn't really matter if you, but you got, you got knockouts. And to be honest, I look at his, look at the type of people that he fought. You know, and he, he hasn't faced anybody that's like me. And I'm, I can do both. I can box and I can bang and I'm smart defensive-wise. My and I'll depth and I definitely know that he doesn't have a better IQ than me. Okay. Yeah, I, I noticed some uh, quotes out of Puerto Rico. They're saying that you're tall, long range, you know how to use your distance, you have good defense, and a respectable stick. They said Hawkins is not going to be a walk in the park. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely not. I'm definitely not. Yeah, uh, this scouting report that Tanya just read from those guys out of Puerto Rico, saying that you have a respectable stick, uh, is that a fair assessment of you? Do you think you, you, you're better than that? Man, it's kind of both. Whatever. Kind of kind of both. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't really – you know, I don't really pay attention to what nobody say. Bro, I know what I can do, so it is, it is what it is. Absolutely. In fact, funny you mentioned that, by the way, you don't pay too much attention to it, because on your Twitter this morning, you had a great quote of you working out saying – Disconnect all distractions. Is that interpreting just way you do this to tune things out in general uh, for, as you prepare for fights? Yeah, yeah. You know, we turn away, uh, you know, staying away from a lot of, uh, you know, a, a lot of things, you know, that, that can bring a fighter down, you know, staying away from, uh, you know, some some family members stand. You know, just total. You know, distance yourself from everything. Everything that you you do every day, you do every day. You know, take you know you uh take that away, and you uh you lock in mentally and uh physically. All right. Yeah, and speaking of that, mentally, I, uh, we heard on, I heard from you actually uh, on another show a couple of weeks back. You were speaking with the guys at On The Ropes. They mentioned that you were training out in Omaha. You was out there with the, the Bowmat gang with uh, Terrence Crawford, Jamel Herring and the gang. Uh, tell me, walk, walk me through that experience. <laughs> oh, that was, a, that, was a, that was a wonderful experience, you know, being out there with a bunch of world champions, you know, seeing how they train, seeing how every, everything they do is on time and everything like that. It, it's never one person that – um. That's uh, that's ever too far behind, you know, as far as training and everything like that, you know, to spawn, you know, just all, all around and, and basically like they treated us like family. Oh, that's awesome. Also, but now off the record, did, 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 uh, did Terrence Crawford get you on the roller coaster like everybody else he does and try to scare everybody? You, you've seen those oh, videos, nah, haven't you? Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> 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 all right. So but also, take it uh, as a no. No. 
<laughs> also, just training up for it uh, as well. Uh, you, also, now on the rope show, you mentioned that you were training in Philadelphia to sing, to, to prepare for this fight. Uh, the one thing in Philadelphia that I know is out that way is Jaron uh, Budits Ennis, who's also an upcoming prospect as well. Uh, how are you looking forward to training with those guys up there? Oh, it was wonderful. You know, I, I was up there, you know, training with him, spawning with him and everything like that. And um, I definitely see Jaron Ennis being a, a, a future world champion. I definitely see him being a future world champion. You know, just seeing how he trained, just seeing how his work ethic, his work ethic and everything like that is, is, is unbelievable. I want you to dig in a little deeper on that, because one thing you did say in that same On the Ropes interview was all champions work together. What does that mean to you? I mean, iron, what I mean by that is iron sharp, sharp is iron and everything like that. And if you want, if you want to be great, you got to be around greatness. So you can't you can't be great by spawning someone that's that's less better than you because only thing you're gonna do is you're gonna help them, but they're not gonna help you. So you need to be around somebody that's probably equal as great as you or someone that's greater than you. We're gonna take a little break. So more with Malik Hawkins when the making of champions on Joe Liz Bourbon and Podcast Detroit returns after this. Be Joe Lewis. Three simple words to empower the legacy of Joe Lewis to inspire a new generation of champions. What does it take to become champions, leaders, future heroes? Joe Lewis was the hero America needed. He fought for a nation. Schmeling was the Goliath. Lewis was the David. Probably the only time in the history of America that a black man ended up being a white hope. This fight was the biggest fight in the history of the world. In the middle of the 20th century, with their country in crisis, Americans found that hero among their own. We're going to do our part and we will win because we are on God's side. His stage was so big that downtrodden Americans, regardless of their age or race, felt a glimmer of hope creep into their lives just by watching him. In the end, it was a common man who reached the top and brought an entire country with him. From the podcast Detroit studios and Zoom everywhere else, the making of champions. Professional boxers inspiring amateur athletes to become champions. Presented by Joe Lewis, champion of them all, bourbon and bigger than life entertainment. In association with USA Boxing, Golden Gloves of America, the producers of MAC Boxing, Making a Champion Series, and BigFightWeekend.com. Join your hosts, Tanya Cole and Marquise Johns, with special guests from around the world of amateur and pro boxing, celebrating the legacy of Joe Lewis. So speaking of being destined to be great, I'm going to take you back a few years. You said just a week ago um, that I was run over and almost killed by a car at age five. My older brother murdered at age six and watching all of my OGs die off over the years. First time being arrested at 14, multiple arrests from 15 to 17. 
but I'm still standing and I'm destined to be great. Tell us about growing up in Baltimore. Oh, growing up in Baltimore is it's crazy. It's kind of it's, it's real crazy and everything like that. And um, you know, you you see everything at an early age. You know, you see drugs. You know, murders. You know, young kids. Some young kids. You know, hustling now. You know, it's it's just crazy. You know, and, and it's just so happened that I, I went through everything. I seen everything from people getting killed on my doorstep and everything, and people. That I that I looked up to, and I cared deeply about going to jail or or getting murdered in the streets. I just so happened that I, I made it out. I made it through it, and I survived. How did you do that? Because you said you were born doing this. How did you make it through? I mean, I was, you know, having the right people around me. You know, having good, you know, good strong men around me. Good, like a strong, especially a strong mother. You know that that didn't take no slack from me, no matter what. <laughs> Um, just you know, basically just having a, a lot of good people around me, the people that that genuinely care about me, not just looking for a handout. I hear you, and I know you mentioned the strong men in your life, and we've talked about that before here on the Making of Champions. But you've said that your driving force in your professional career has been your mother. You said her energy as a strong woman is what has helped form you into the man that you are today, and you credit much of your success to her support. Can you tell us a little bit more about your mother? Oh, my mom, that's my heart right there. That's my, <laughs> that's my OG. That's my everything. Uh, she, sometimes she might, she may get a little crazy on me sometimes, but yeah, I, I love my mother to death. Um, but my mother, she's just so strong. She's just a, a real strong black woman, everything like that. And, you know, her raising you know, three kids by herself. You know, I still had my father in my life, but me living with, but me living with my mother and everything, and her just going to getting up, going to work, going to work every day. Days she don't feel like it. Her back, her back might hurt some days. Her feet might hurt some days, and she's and by her still being able to do it, and with me getting in trouble and everything, she still she stuck by me. Then not just uh not too long ago, she came down with um. She had the coronavirus and everything like that. And she did. She didn't give up. You know, even though it was it was some points, you know, that she wanted to, but she she stood strong, like like the black woman, the strong black woman she is, and she made it through. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're blessed to have her here. Can you tell us more about that? Because I, from what I know, she's a frontline worker. She's one of the people that has put her life on the line every day for the rest of us to keep us safe. Can you mm -hmm. tell us more about that? Uh, I I know just she's just a nurse. That's all. That's all I really know for real. And um, yeah. uh, and basically like how she how she got it, I really don't. I really don't no. know how how mm -hmm. she contracted it and everything like that. All I know is I came in the house. And she said she wasn't feeling good, mm -hmm. and um. I just thought it was just, you know, it was just a common cold and everything because she said she was just cold for real. So I, I wrapped her up and everything like that. I made sure she was, she had a, um, she had a, a refrigerator in there so she didn't have to come downstairs because then she said she had shortness of breath. She couldn't taste anything. Then the worst, the worst day was the, was the day before I took her to the hospital. She was in her room and she was just shaking and she just, she said she couldn't breathe. I just to say, 
I gotta take I, I gotta take my mother to the hospital. And I, I I'd be dead wrong if I let her stand if I let her sit in here, and I wake up the next morning and she not and she not woke because she can't because she dead in here. So I decided to take her to the hospital, and yeah, that's when they told me they told us that she had uh she had corona and she had the quarantine, but she getting but she um she made it through, and um she's back home getting better every day. You know, Mama's going to be ready for that fight on the tenth in October. Yeah, now, be more, um, more pumped than me. Exactly. <laughs> so, I know that she's not going to be physically in your corner, but she's always there in your corner. What do you think she would say to you during this upcoming fight? One thing I do know that my, that she's going to say. Is tell that fighter don't hit me low, cause I always in every <laughs> fight I wind up getting hit low. I always get hit low. So when ah man, that lady crazy man, that lady crazy. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's definitely one thing I know she gonna say. She going and she might cuss the referee. She might cuss the referee out and say, "Tell him pick it up. Tell him pick it up." Yeah, that's what she's supposed to do. That's what mamas do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Marquise, I know you're stewing over there in Florida now. What are you thinking about? Yeah, I just wanted to follow up on this part, actually. Uh, Michigan had to bring it back with the legacy of Joe Lewis and how that transpires to fighters like Malik today, mm -hmm. who are obviously right. clearly fighting for his mom, fighting for greatness, fighting for a belt, as you mentioned before, fighting to you know, stay undefeated, of course. I uh, just wanted to bring it up back to General uh, Malik. Uh, what do you think uh, your future plans are after Matias. Uh, anybody in particular you want to fight at 140, or is it you know, a weight class you want to jump up for, or just anybody with a belt? Uh, I want whoever got a belt. To be yeah. honest, I want whoever got a belt at 140. That's that's just plain 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 and simple. Plain and simple. Whoever <laughs> got a belt at 140, they gotta see me. Yeah, because currently the belt's at 140. They're held with two guys, as you well know. Uh, Jose Ramirez, Josh Taylor. Obviously, you would like those two. And in, in the event that you can't get those two, because those guys are pretty much, let's be honest, those guys are being stationed to be do spice down the line for a while. They're, 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 they got stay busy stuff for stay busy stuff. Uh, anybody else that particularly that you want to fight just in general? Nobody at all? No call-outs? No, not really. I'm not really the, you know, the calling out type your... person for real. Yeah, that's not really my, that's not really my, you know, my get down for real. I ain't never been the type, you know, to call anybody out or say this or been the yeah. type, you know, to talk trash about somebody on social media or anything like that. That's never been me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not one to spread gossip or anything like that, but I'm kind of looking behind you. And if I say the word freezer time, what does that mean to you? It's a wrap. It's go time. It's time. It's, it's, it's time to, you know, wrap them up. Dump them in the deep freezer. Time to put them. Put them. Dump them in away. the deep freezer. Put them away yeah, real quick, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think, think you said in this upcoming. In fact, Billy, is that how you got your nickname, Ice Man? Say it again. In fact, Billy, is that how you got your nickname, the Ice Man? Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> I got no. my nickname, Iceman, from, uh, it was a rat. It was, well, actually, one of, our, one of my gym mates in the gym, uh -huh. he started calling me Iceman from a rapper. That was, his name was uh, Paul Wall. And he was oh, yeah. Grill. Paul Wall, mouth spinning yeah, like a crystal ball. Say, I got you. And he, and he okay. used to say I used to look like him. 
And he's, oh, yeah, that's he said messed I up. Like <laughs> <laughs> so if I say Ice Ice Baby, Little Ice Man, man what I, does that I mean? I've heard it all before. I'd have heard, heard it all before. Ice, oh, ice baby. I'd have heard uh, <laughs> people that said so much crazy stuff to me uh, pertaining to ice. They didn't call me snowflake. They didn't call me everything. <laughs> I don't, hey, I don't, I don't, I don't, it don't matter. I got a snowflake tattooed on my neck, so I can't get mad. Oh, I got you. I got you. But your mom posted yeah. about a gender reveal on July 12th. Do you have a little yeah. ice man in the making? Yeah, but I'm, I'm, uh, but, uh, but to be honest, I, I really don't, I, look, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I'm going to be honest, I really don't, I don't want my son, you know, boxing, doing this sport, but if he, if you want to do it, I'm not going to tell him no. Okay. I'm going to tell him no. Okay. Yeah. But if he, but to be honest, I'm not going to force him on it. I'm not trying to, you know, have a legacy of, you know, a father, right. son, you know, a father, son, legacy about, of, of of me being a boxer and him being a boxer. No, I want my son to choose his own path. Have you thought of any names yet? Yeah, 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 yeah. His name, his name is uh, Zayed Malik Hawkins. <gasps> oh, I love that. I love that. All right, Marquise. Yes. What you got? What you got? You have a quiet over there. Yeah, got a, got a couple of questions for you, Malik. Uh, I know, I know you follow basketball because I follow you on social media. Uh, who do you got winning these finals this year? Yeah. Uh, I know one the, thing. It ain't going to be the Trailblazers. It ain't going to be Portland. That's who I had going. And me and Charles Barkley look like absolute idiots right now. So. <laughs> it, it ain't going to be Portland. I know that for a fact. It ain't yeah. going to be Portland. Uh. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I heard. I, matter of fact, it might be the it might be the Lakers. It might be the Lakers this year. It might it might be. It's possible. It might be. God, that, that's just one of those yeah. things where it's like because the, the way this whole thing is up with that whole basketball season, it's just it's just strange where it's like it's going to be similar to the atmosphere that you're going to be facing per se with no as you mentioned before with, with no sparring or whatnot, but. Is, can you compare to any previous fight where you had a fight with no fans? Like when you're beginning fights? Uh, no. No. <laughs> Every fight I had, I always had fans in there. <laughs> oh, man. It was always fans in there. Uh. Yeah, because as you know, once you saw it on October 10th, man, it's pretty much going to be you, the Showtime Championship banner, and a couple of lights. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's going like I like I said, it's going to yeah. it's going to be a, a a live spawn match instead of just real. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Okay, so all the Iceman really wants to do is be able to go to the bank after after the fight, whatever fight is going to be. Yeah, if, so if, I look, I'm, look, if, if if I'm get, if I'm in there and I'm and I'm banging toe to toe, I need to be going to the bank afterwards. So exactly. Yeah. Well, I know that you just signed on with like Mayweather, right? Production in September of last year, right? Uh, yes, ma'am. Oh, okay, so how does that feel? Being that you're with Money Mayweather, what oh, does that feel like? Day. Okay. You know, signing with signing with uh with Mayweather Promotions, they, I mean, they've been tremendous. You know, they talk, they uh, they call me every day. You know, um, they putting me in the right fight. You know, fight that I need. You know, that's going to help me. That's helping me grow in the sport. You know, that's 
you know, and basically like, that's getting me the uh, the experience that I need, you know, to get ready for them that world that world title. And basically, they they and we taking our time. We taking our time for real. Right. So um, I want to thank you so much, Malik, for joining us tonight. No, Any final words from the man that's cold as ice? <laughs> My name? Oh, okay. Let's talk. My name, Big Freezer. Don't play with me. Don't play with him. That boy is not nothing. Not nothing to be played with. October 10th, make sure y'all turn in. Showtime. Man, I'm going up against Sabril, whatever his last name is. I don't, I don't, I really don't know how to say his last name. It doesn't matter, right? Okay. If, I got I the T.S. Yeah. His, his first name, right? But, yeah. um, yeah, we going, we going up. It's up there and it's stuck there. Make sure y'all tune in. Yeah. Support me. I'll fight for y'all. And yeah, Baltimore, we on the map. Okay, so we're going to be watching. We want to support you, but how can we find you on social media? Oh, you can add me on Instagram. Follow me on Instagram at I am Freeze the Time. Follow me on Twitter at Malik Hawkins twenty. And yeah, that's it. Okay, Marquis, how can we find you with the Big Fight Weekend? As always, you can find me at BigFightWeekend.com with my news stories and boxing news and notes. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Week Sauce Radio. Gotcha. And of course, you'll find me here on the Making of Champions with Joe Lewis Bourbon. Thank you for joining us tonight. Be Joe Lewis. Three simple words to empower the legacy of Joe Lewis to inspire a new generation of champions. What does it take to become champions, leaders, future heroes? Joe Lewis was the hero America needed. He fought for a nation. Schmeling was the Goliath. Lewis was the David. Probably the only time in history of America that a black man ended up being a white hope. This fight was the biggest fight in the history of the world. In the middle of the 20th century, with their country in crisis, Americans found that hero among their own. We're going to do our part and we will win because we are on God's side. His stage was so big that downtrodden Americans, regardless of their age or race, felt a glimmer of hope creep into their lives just by watching him. In the end, he was a common man who reached the top and brought an entire country with him. From the podcast Detroit studios and Zoom everywhere else, the making of champions. Professional boxers inspiring amateur athletes to become champions. Presented by Joe Lewis, champion of them all, bourbon and bigger than life entertainment. In association with USA Boxing, Golden Gloves of America, the producers of MAC Boxing, Making a Champion Series, and BigFightWeekend.com. Join your hosts, Tanya Cole and Marquise Johns, with special guests from around the world of amateur and pro boxing, celebrating the legacy of Joe Lewis.